The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the show. I'm glad to be back with you. I was out of town a few days this week and unable to do the show, but glad to be back on Friday and get you set for the weekend and talk about an IU victory last night. Although with the New York trip looming for this Indiana team, I don't know that it was much of a victory to talk about. We'll go through some of the high points, but a lot of low points after Indiana opened the game pretty strong Last night against Wright State, I thought they might just blow them out. Uh, Obviously, things did not go that way, really, from the second part of the first half. And the struggles continued for Indiana. It was a ball game basically all the way through until the last minute and a half or two minutes or so of the game. But Indiana gets another early season win. Definitely some struggles. Definitely concerns. What is it going to look like? Excuse me, when Indiana and UConn tip off Sunday, UConn playing some good basketball for at least the level opponents that they've played so far, but uh, will it be close? Will Indiana compete? Uh, Could it get away from them early? We'll see, but uh, definitely reason for concern heading into the Empire Classic for this Indiana team. And to be quite honest with you, an Indiana-Louisville game in a third-place contest might be a pretty good game here early in the season. Two programs that are struggling. I think Louisville's problems far, 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 far outweigh Indiana, at least at this point. But two programs that desperately need some momentum. And what a stage to try to gain some momentum on up at Madison Square Garden in New York City, just in advance of the Thanksgiving holiday as well. So we'll talk about all of that and more today, but great to have you with us. Great to be back with you today. A little sad tonight. It's our first Friday night of no high school football, at least involving a local team. We've got big semi-state championship games around the state, but uh, really nobody of any local interest at all, even close to us, I'm talking hour or so away, uh, still alive. So I know a lot of Providence fans will be watching to see if Indianapolis Lutheran, who knocked the Pioneers out last week, although it was a very competitive game, to see if they can get back to a state championship game in 1A as they are favored to do. Uh, But uh, definitely changing gears down here in southern Indiana to basketball season with girls' basketball games rolling. And a lot of the boys' teams have had uh, exhibition games like the inter-squad scrimmage stuff. New Albany, Jeff, many others, Providence have had their games like that. And a couple early scrimmage games already and some more expected or more scheduled for this weekend. So we are getting into the high school basketball season 
That is for sure. Let's look at the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. In just a minute, we'll have our uh, show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, and uh, we'll get into Hoosier Headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, now just a great friend of the show who helps us keep up with IU basketball and football on the program. He'll be with us in segment two today. And then later in the hour, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll talk high school football. Just a quick preview of the semi-state games tonight and talk high school basketball and recruiting with Kyle when he's with us later in the hour today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are all made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you might have. You may even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try I think you'll be glad that you did. And I think this goes without saying, but Honey Baked Ham and the Thanksgiving holiday, and really Honey Baked Ham and the holidays in general, just the perfect match. So make sure you check out Honey Baked Ham in New Albany if you haven't uh, to date or maybe you haven't been there for a while. The holidays, always a great time to uh, level up your holiday get-togethers with some very quality items. And they have a lot more than just the ham. They've got turkey and so many other things that are so very good and high quality. Make sure you check it out at Honey Baked Ham. Let's get into our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana sports news. And as we do, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher, to keep your day going in the right direction right now at thornton's all 32 ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents you heard it right only 89 cents so come in today and grab a fountain drink from thornton's and send us a text at 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 i know that there's some of you that really are unhappy with this iu basketball team so far this season a lot of talent Kellel ware has been the consistent guy um, he has had some big games and had a good game again last night. But in general, Indiana basketball with a lot of early season struggles. I have said that I think IU is talented. IU has a high ceiling this year. Someone texted me last night during the game and said, are you willing to change your opinion that you've given on air a couple times? Not yet. I, I still think they're very talented. I still think they will come together. I still think that uh, they will end up being a solid team, maybe at best this season, but they do have potential. I mean, these, these, they've got some talented guys, and I don't for a minute believe that McKenzie and Baco won't wind up having a really good freshman year for Indiana. So a lot of basketball to be played, but not a good situation. Headed to play UConn, the defending national champion, after some of the early season performances that we've seen by this IU club so far. But last night, and I, I was out of town, got back late, scrolled through the game fairly quickly, so I didn't see every minute of every play. But uh, early on, Indiana was clicking. Indiana seemed like they might go on and roll Wright State, which is what you would expect, and maybe build some momentum headed to a tough one on the road against UConn in New York City. Indiana, I think, went up to lead by as many as 15 points to start the game. Indiana, I thought, was looking good defensively, uh, had it rolling offensively. They were scoring points. 
Uh, and then in, things seemed to change at that point forward after Indiana built that 15-point lead. Wright State went on to score 36 points basically in the final 10 minutes of the first half, and Indiana led 54-49, just a five-point lead at halftime against Wright State. Uh, Wright State was without uh, Trey Calvin, their top player in the backcourt, uh, they had 26 points before uh, the backcourt without Calvin had 26 points before the inter- intermission. So um, things did not improve in the second half for Indiana. If you're looking for highlights, Kellel Ware strong again for this Indiana team, a double, double 22 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two block shots. He logged 32 minutes. Uh, definitely someone that early on has uh, uh, answered the challenge for Mike Woodson and, maybe from NBA scouts as well that were critical of his freshman season at Oregon. I think he has uh, solidified himself in the first few games as somebody that Indiana can count on to help lead them uh, on rebounding in the low post, scoring points as well. But uh, Ware off to just a solid start this season. And Indiana's got to have him continue to do that. They've got to add in Baco and some other uh, Renew and some other key guys into things. But uh, another good game. Last night, I also want to mention with Ware, very efficient. He was 9 of 11 from the floor and a 4 of 5 from the free throw line. Uh, so far, he is off to a great start at Indiana. Uh, Indiana, um, I guess maybe another positive is McKenzie Mbaco did show some progress, I think you could say. Uh, he had his best game against Wright State last night. He had 13 points, but he was just 3 of 9 from the field. Uh, free throw line attempts, he made all six, which is encouraging. He added five rebounds to his stat line as well. Two assists, one steal, no turnovers in 23 minutes for the Hoosiers. So he just looks out of place defensively. I think he had, what, four fouls last night. Uh, definitely some things to work through for him, but he is a talented player, and you got to believe that he'll shake out of these uh, early season uh, slump-type games that he's been having so far to begin his career uh, at Indiana. Um, also, you know, just some negative things. Indiana's three-point shooting is a great concern. I know we've talked about that uh, leading up to the Wright State game, and their rebounding has been really poor as well, despite having some uh, big size on the interior. So, I'm just really curious to see what this thing looks like, what Indiana looks like against a team like Connecticut. There's a couple ways to think about it. This team will snap out of it. Uh, They'll be in a big environment. They'll answer the call. They may not win the game. I'm not sure that anybody thinks Indiana is going to beat Connecticut uh, this weekend, but they might keep it close and keep it uh, reasonable and battle and show progress. The other side of that equation is if Indiana comes out and plays at all for a stretch of time like they have against Army and Wright State and also Florida Gulf Coast, they could totally get their doors blown out and embarrassed on a big stage. So I think we're headed toward a IU Louisville game, which should be fun on Monday in a consolation round, but you never know what can happen. I think Texas is a big favorite over Louisville, Connecticut, a big favorite. I have not looked at the line yet, but Connecticut's got to be a, a reasonable favorite over Indiana as well. But Indiana with talent to, to uh, make some noise. We'll see what happens. But definitely some questionable moments so far uh, through the first three games of the regular season. Definitely not the start I expected. I thought especially some of these low-level mid-major teams, maybe not Florida Gulf Coast, but Army, 
in Wright State, I really expected uh, the Hoosiers to roll, and that just simply has not been the case so far. Uh, a couple other notes to pass along. You know, a lot of girls' basketball games are underway. Silver Creek off to a nice start. They had a win over Charlestown last night. I know Jeffersonville and Providence a little earlier in the week. That was the season opening game for the Pioneers. That was a good one. Jeffersonville able to hang on and get the win there. Last night, New Albany uh, handled pretty good by Columbus North, just kind of getting an early survey of girls' teams in the area. I know that Borden has been off to a nice start as well with girls' basketball. So a handful of teams and a lot of players to keep an eye on on the girls' side, and we're headed into boys' basketball scrimmages. A lot of them are this weekend. A few of them have already taken place. There might even be a couple this evening. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, definitely – uh, the high school basketball season basically is fully here. That is that is basically the case at this point. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Justin Kalen, producer of this show. I want to bring Justin on for just a minute. Uh, Justin, no high school football for the first Friday night for you all season long. Yeah, it's uh, – well – we did have that one early in the season where we had to move to Saturday due to heat. But, yeah, it's it's definitely weird not having a high school football game lined up tonight. But I'm going to take advantage, man. I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy my Friday evening and do some relaxing, which I rarely get to do. I know you're in the same boat. Yes, and also I know we've recapped it. We've talked about it. Our schedules didn't cross up this week with me being out for a few days to talk about Providence. But you had the broadcast of Providence and Indianapolis Lutheran last week. Mm-hmm. and. Providence hung tough. Uh, I, I never for a minute thought they would get blown out like they did a season ago. I thought they would either win or be very close, and unfortunately I was not correct on them winning, but they were very close to a good Indianapolis Lutheran team, and you saw them battle. You had the call of that ball game. Yeah, it was an awesome game. I, I didn't really didn't know what to expect going into that game. I didn't know whether to think it would be close or a blowout or what, so I really had no expectations, but – the fact that we were given a 14-7 to game, I don't even know if you know this, Matt, but Providence had four turnovers in the game, and they had every opportunity to still pull out the win. It was unfortunate the Pioneers couldn't get it done, but that game was a lot of fun. And, and nice to see that they showed promise versus last year going up there and just getting blown out. So, yeah, I had a good time last Friday. IU last night, did you get a chance to see the game? I did, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned for guys like you, for these diehard Indiana fans that uh, this game in New York City on Sunday against Connecticut, who I got a chance to watch for about a half last week, they absolutely just lambushed whoever the mid-major opponent that they were taking on. I'd have to say I'm really question what the thing may look like Sunday. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I, I am not expecting an Indiana win on Sunday. I just want to see better effort defensively. That's really what this all boils down to for me is you talked about Mbako. He did look a lot better offensively last night, but he is going to struggle defensively until he figures out exactly what Indiana is trying to do defensively. So hopefully that happens sooner rather than later because I do feel like this could be a really good team but they've got to get it together defensively and I think that's going to be their major issue moving forward yeah no question all right we'll head to a commercial break 
We'll come back and talk more about IU with Dylan Wallace in the next segment. And Indiana has football coming up as well. We can't forget about that. This Hoosier team has had a little bit of a, I don't want to say a restart, but a little bit of some success with a win over Wisconsin and uh, the overtime narrow loss to Illinois, which some people I know can be critical of, but I think it's really amazing at this point. Indiana is either winning or still in football games with just how the season has went. So we'll talk a little bit about that and more with Dylan when he's with us in the next season or next se- segment. Stay with us for that uh, here on this Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. He's always with us Fridays. We talk IU, college football, basketball. We cover the gamut with Dylan when he's with us. And, uh, Dylan, great to have you. I want to try to start with something positive today, but... Kellel Ware, I think he has been the big positive so far this season. I know some people are really excited about Gabe Cups. I agree with that sentiment as well uh, as a bench player, at least for now. But uh, Kellel Ware, he is answering the call from Mike Woodson if he's going to up his game, become an NBA player, perhaps as soon as next season, he's off to a good start. Yeah, he's off to a great start so far. Um, he's kind of a walking double-double right now. And he's really anchoring the team, both offensively and defensively. Um, I know Malik had a pretty good game last night as well. But those two in the post um, have kind of been the, the two kind of nicer spots, at least offensively, as a team is trying to figure out its identity. You know, I think having those two guys they can use has been helpful. And Khalil um, has been really, really good the first three games. Um, he looks really engaged. He's playing a lot of minutes. You can tell Mike Woodson has trusted him and is pushing him. And um, he's just been really good. You know, he sends shots out into the into the stands on defense. Um, he's rebounding pretty well. And just with how big he is, he's finishing pretty well, too. Um, we haven't seen as much of his perimeter kind of shot making uh, so far. I mean, we saw it a couple times in that first game. He hit a couple threes. Um, so, you know, I, I'm curious to see if that continues to expand for him as well because he can kind of be a three-level scorer, which would be very important for, for Indiana. Um, I'm going to be really curious to see how he plays against UConn and Sunday. I know he played against them last year with Oregon and had a decent game. So um, now as the competition starts to ramp up here over these next, you know, really three weeks, these next, you know, six or seven days for Indiana are all going to be a pretty big test here. Um, so th- so I'm going to see, can he kind of elevate his play even more to be the guy for Indiana on both ends of the floor? Because if he can be, um, it's, it's a nice player to have. It's a nice guy to have, and it'll definitely – increasing draft back and probably get him drafted in the first round, which would be a positive step for him and the program in general. So he's been really awesome to watch so far. I'm pretty pleased and everyone questions kind of his motor and everything. But um, through these first three games, uh, he's looked pretty good. And let's just hope it keeps up against these bigger teams coming up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Indiana and UConn, this team ready for 
that type of a matchup on that type of stage, it's just hard to see how it's not in many ways, perhaps an ugly game. I don't want to be negative here because it's so early in the season, but gosh, it's hard for me to struggle to, to build a narrative, at least in my mind, where I can see this Indiana team not getting, oh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but handled maybe at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it doesn't, from what we've seen in these first three games, um, it doesn't, there's nothing that you see on the floor that makes you optimistic about what they can do against UConn. Um, the only thing is you just hope, you know, you, you tell yourself, oh, well, I guess it's hard to get fired up for the right state or Army or whatever, and they just kind of play down their competition, but under the lights of Madison Square Garden, they'll be fired up and ready to play, you know, a big team. Um, that's your hope. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna matter. You know, I think some of the fundamentals we've seen this team um, on defense. You know, we all know that the big thing is just not defending the three point line very well, which was kind of a problem last year. Point two, um, offensively, just gets stagnant at times. You know, they're really good when they run out transition, but aside from that, the half court has not been great. Um, and and now you're going up against the top five team in the country, the defending national champions. Um, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of youthful confidence there. Even Indiana will probably travel pretty well for the game as well. So going to be an interesting test. You know, you hope they show up and show us stuff that they haven't shown us yet, but um, so far from what we've seen, it just feels like it could be a, a pretty ugly game. Um, but, you know, I think this was a team we all thought would take a little bit to gel together, but I didn't think we'd think it would be this bad and, and this kind of like, oh, are there more concerns here than we thought there were? Because um, that's what it feels like right now. Um, and, you know, we're not going to know till till Sunday happens, and maybe they step up and surprise us, and and you know, kind of get fired up for the game. But just from what we see on the floor so far, um, it's probably going to be a, a tough struggle against UConn. Um, and I think just earlier today, it showed they're losing, they're not having one of their good, better players. UConn is, um, he's out and with the, with a knee injury. So uh, if that means anything, we'll find out on Sunday. But it's going to be interesting, really interesting to see. And it's not just UConn, but the games after that too are going to be very, very curious to watch and see how this team, you know, handle some adversity and handle some some teams that are probably going to be better than them. Um, and, and it's going to hopefully they can step up and surprise us. But um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens on Sunday. And it could be ugly. And if it is, I always say don't panic yet because there's still some time to work some things out. But it, it's going to get real pretty fast here. And, Let's hope they can string some things together. Indiana's rebounding has not been good so far this season, despite seven foot wear, six foot nine, and six foot eight uh, there in the front court for Indiana. That that is puzzling to me. They gave up 14 offensive rebounds and 15 second chance chance points. I was reading about last night's uh, game. Hard to understand. Yeah, and, and and you know a lot of that has to do with how many threes they're giving up. You know, they're, the threes are either going in or they're going to ricochet off the rim for a, a long rebound, as everyone says, or just a tougher angle to try to predict when it's coming from that far out. Um, and it's just, it just hasn't been good. It hasn't been good enough. You know, Woodson obviously addressed it last night in the post-game presser. You know, he said between X and, and, and Trey combined, they only had one rebound. He said he could probably grab one rebound at 65 years old and stumble into one. So he, he's trying to get on this week and these next few days about crossing the glass, having the guards help out the bigs in terms of rebounding, because it's been really bad, and it's happened kind of every game so far. I think even some of the exhibitions, you were kind of like, oh, they're not rebounding very well, and these first three games uh, have certainly backed that up. So, um, you know, maybe if they tighten up the three-point defense, that helps it out a little bit. You know, I'm just, with, with Cologne Ware standing in the paint as a rim protector, it's okay to let some guys take try to take some shots at the rim, you know? 
don't help so much. Let him try to be a rim protector like Trace Jackson Davis was, and maybe he'll send some shots out. You know, we're, they're just giving up the three-point shot way too easy, and that's probably contributing to a lot of these, these offensive rebounds that teams are getting on them. Um, still not good enough. It's not an excuse no matter what. They should clear up those rebounds anyway. But, you know, it's just, I think it's just playing into it a little bit, and it's uh, with the size they have and the lineup they're playing with, and especially at the starting lineup, you know, they should be able to clean up the glass pretty pretty well, and they're not doing it right now. And But, it, you know, I think the positive thing is Woodson's definitely realized it, and um, hopefully they can clean this up because UConn's a big team. You know, they're going to have some big athletic guys crashing the glass. So um, you're going to have to really be on your game for that, and that's been another disappointing part of the season so far and that they're going to have to get straightened out. Uh, Mackenzie Mbako, next uh, player I want to bring up with you, and we have a message uh, text on the Thornton's text line from a listener that says, I'm really surprised Mbako's, of Mbako's struggles. Being such a high-profile recruit, I was expecting a Romeo-type player. I, I'm not ready to say that uh, Mbako won't be an impact player very soon, in fact. I think that he's loaded with talents uh, and just is trying to figure his way out here uh, with this new IU system and with uh, his new role here in college. What are your thoughts on Mbako? Are you surprised in maybe his lack of production? I know he seemed to bounce back somewhat last night, uh, but your take on him so far, and do you think that he's going to reach the heights that the recruiting experts across the country projected? I certainly hope so. Um, I've been sort of surprised at his slow start. Um, you know, I think the defense is definitely a concern. You saw it at the end of that right State game in the second half. You know, I think Woods is trying to keep him in with that closing group. He's trying to to keep McKenzie out there and grow his confidence because he started the game pretty well against Wright State last night. I um, mean, a nice start. He was playing some good defense. He was hitting some shots. Um, he was being aggressive, which was really good to see. Um, but then it just kind of tailed off a little bit. Second half, you know, he missed. He lost his guy a couple times. Gave up some open threes. Um, and it's just Woodson just had to take him out. And it's really disappointing because with a team that you know the offense hasn't been great, to have a scorer like McKenzie and Baca on the floor should be huge for this team. Um, and if you can't play him because of his defense, that's a big problem. And I also think, um, you know, they just need to try to get him more involved. I, we, we, I don't want him to fall into that Miller cop role where it's just, well, he's going to stand in the corner. If he gets an open three from a double team, then he's going to take it and hopefully make it. Like, they need to do more stuff, run more actions to get him shots. Because as we've seen, he can shoot the ball pretty well and he can, he can make, you know, good shots. So, um, that's kind of my concern right now is just, the defense is obviously bad, and if he can't step that up, Woods is not going to play him, which um, is not going to go well for his confidence. But it, it does seem, I think the one positive for him that I've noticed these first three games is even when he was pulled, he was pretty still up on the bench, cheering for his teammates, and kind of get, be still being engaged in the game, which was positive. And he also, you know, he tried to respond against Wright State last night. He came out kind of with a fire in him and was playing a little bit harder. Um, now, as I mentioned, it tailed off a little bit, but you can see he's trying to make an effort to improve. So that part is, is, is good for me. But, yeah, so far it's been kind of a shock at how much he's struggled, especially against these first three teams. Um, and, if, and if other opposing teams know he's a liability on defense, they're going to attack him. You know, UConn has probably got that on their scouting report, attack McKenzie and Baco on defense. So, um, you know, he's going to have to really, really work hard to get in that game because as an offensive player, like we said, he can really be huge for this team, especially one that, that has pretty much struggled on the perimeter so far. Um, so hopefully hopefully he continues to grow because 
Indiana's going to need him that they want to be successful. As good as Khalil Ware has been, and Malik Manu has been good, um, the perimeter scoring has just not been there, and Mackenzie and Baco can really help that. So you just, you just hope he continues to grow and get more confident and just learn the system that Woodson wants because they're going to need him pretty bad down the stretch here. Talking with Dylan Wallace, uh, IU basketball, our discussion so far. The event in New York, uh, great for fans, and it kind of marks the start of the real season, these big games we've got ahead over the holiday uh, times, the Thanksgiving uh, week, and obviously Christmas leading up to that as well. And It's just hard to believe, Dylan, as we get ready to kind of jump up the schedule here with the New York trip, that we're just weeks away from Big Ten games, those early December, like literally the first couple days of December, yeah. uh, Big Ten games. That That is amazing to think that we are uh, heading into this real meaty portion of non-conference play, and then you're going to get Big Ten basketball very soon. Yeah, literally December 1st. It's, it's their home against Maryland. You know, it's the first day of December is, is when conference play starts for them, um, and it's going to – be really huge, you know. Like this whole this whole big stretch coming up here, you have you have obviously you know UConn Sunday. You'll play Louisville or, or Texas on Monday. Um, you get a game against Harvard, who who isn't isn't a pushover. You know that'll be an interesting game. And then you got the Big Ten teams with Maryland and Michigan before you get Auburn and Kansas. So these these are going to be a huge stretch for Indiana. Um, we're going to learn a lot about this team. You know, hopefully, like I said, they can they can come out kind of fired up and ready to go and prove that, you know, they, they are better than what they've shown these first three games. Um, and it's going to be important to, to at least split that, that conference start. You don't want to start 0-2 in the Big Ten uh, heading into January um, when, it, when all the games really start rolling because, um, you know, I think a lot of the Big Ten teams have, have kind of showed some struggles so far, but um, they all seem like they're kind of on even footing for the most part, at least that middle of the pack is. So no game is going to be necessarily easy in this conference. Um, so, and it's going to have to really be on top of their game with, with Maryland and Michigan uh, early in December. It's going to be really, really big, really key to at least get one of those games because you don't want to drop to 0-2, um, especially with just how deep this conference seems like it's going to be again. Um, it's going to be a tough grind for them. and um, you're, you're hoping they can learn some stuff from these next two games coming up against these Power 5 schools to uh, hopefully prepare them for, for the Big Ten Conference play that starts literally December 1st, which is crazy to me. But um, I, I think we've gotten used to it a little bit, these two games in early December, and, and uh, it's, it's kind of used as a mark to, to kind of get jumpstart your conference season and hopefully get off to a good start. So that's going to be an important stretch for Indiana, that Maryland and Michigan uh, in the middle of December. Talking to Dylan Wallace, IU football. Let's chat about that for just a moment. Two, three, and seven teams go to battle this weekend when Indiana and Michigan State play. Uh, with Indiana, I know some people still, and I think disappointing season for sure, but I never thought Indiana would beat Wisconsin and I was pleasantly, I guess, surprised a little bit that they were in the game with Illinois. I know there are some critiques there of uh, defense specifically in that contest, but nonetheless, Indiana was close to a fourth win last week. This is a game where they could legit pick up another win, and uh, four wins to me, uh, with the potential for maybe more, uh, surpasses anything that I thought just a few weeks ago. So what do you see this weekend, and what do you see with IU football here the next few weeks? Yeah, you know, after they lost that Rutgers game, I, I wasn't sure if they'd win another one the rest of the year. So, so to compete well at Penn State, to follow it up with a home win against Wisconsin, which 
you know, I, I know Wisconsin just lost at Homer Northwestern last week, so maybe it's they, they're obviously not as good as maybe they, they we thought they were, but it's still a good win at home against a team that Indiana has rarely beaten in its history. Um, and, you know, the Illinois game was just really, really disappointing because it felt like they had it. They were up 27-12. to 12. Um, The defense just gave up, like, 600-plus yards, which is, which is really, really bad. Uh, and then, you know, the overtime where they run it three straight times and get kind of conservative when it's a game you absolutely need to win if you want to make a bowl game. And um, so that was really disappointing because these last two games here coming up are, are very winnable. Um, Michigan State has kind of been a dumpster fire. Obviously, with the Mel Tucker situation, they've, they've really struggled. Uh, they, I think they beat Nebraska like two weeks ago. But aside from that, they've been really bad. And Indiana you know, has a chance to, I think I just heard Tom Allen say in his presser yesterday, they haven't. You know, held on to the brass platoon in consecutive years, in like 54 years or something like that. So they have a chance to uh, keep it in Bloomington and then do something they haven't done in a while. So hopefully that kind of inspires them to play. And, you know, the offense, everything's been looking a little better. You know, Rod Carey's done a better job with the offense. So hopefully they continue to grow and we see Thornsby and McCauley and that combo continue to rise like it has been. Uh, and, you know, if they win these two last two games, you know, I think you have something to, to be somewhat positive about. You'd have five wins, um, which is a, a two more than you had the year before that. Um, you had two, you win two rivalry games, two, two kind of, you know, trophy games, so to say. And, you know, there's an outside chance, as much as I don't really want to try to talk myself into it, that Indiana could make an APR bowl. You know, a, a lot of times there's, there's more bowl games than there are for teams with six wins. And I looked at, I think Indiana is around 45th in the APR right now. And, a lot of teams ahead of them are teams that are already going to have six wins and be kind of in the competition. So if there are more bowl games and there are teams eligible, um, and that kind of has an outside chance. So they kind of can still maybe motivate themselves to play for that and see if they can get into one. Um, it obviously wouldn't be the same, but it's, it's still going to be, you know, an interesting thing to see how fired up and inspired they do because that was a really, really tough loss at Illinois next, last week. So I'm curious to see if they're able to kind of keep the – keep the fire going and be inspired for these last two games because if they aren't it'll be disappointing but if they win these two games i think you can be somewhat positive and maybe feel a little bit better about the direction of the program all right dylan wallace with us on fridays as we talk iu basketball football and more dylan it's always great to catch up we'll do it again next week sounds good thank you all right we'll head to a commercial break we'll be back with our final segment of the show and of the week, it's Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We will talk the uh, latest with high school football semi-state championship games tonight. Eight of them across the state will be down to the four state championship games next weekend. And uh, high school basketball is here. More on that with Kyle coming up here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, final segment of the week. Hard to believe less than a week away from Thanksgiving, but this time of year means high school football deep into the postseason tournament. 
and also the start of high school ba- basketball throughout our great state, which is uh, always a welcomed addition to the athletic calendar, especially here in southern Indiana. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. Thornton's text line remains open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle, welcome. Uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, glad to talk not just football with you today, but some basketball because that season is, is up on us. Yeah, it's here, uh, full in effect, and a lot of our previous stuff starting to roll out now. And uh, yeah, looking uh, looking forward to a lot of team scrimmage last night, or or yeah, I think most of them last night actually. So, uh, boys basketball officially uh, starts. Uh, I mean, it's already started, but officially ga- games next week. So hard to hard to believe we're here already. Absolutely. I do want to start with football because we have semi-state championship games tonight. And while there are no local schools remaining, Providence, uh, the local school that made it the farthest, there are some interesting matchups across the state. I'll let you kind of highlight some of them in a moment, but I do want to ask about Indianapolis Lutheran. I'm sure that our Providence audience members are curious. Your take on Lutheran uh, at Sheridan tonight, the 1A South semi-state championship game. Uh, Lutheran is the favorite. Lutheran has the undefeated record, and I think at this point the winner of that Providence-Lutheran game was expected, is expected to go on and win a 1A state championship. Do you have that same feeling? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, Lutheran's probably been the the pick all year, you know, based on what they've done the last couple of years and the and the guys they had returning. You know, I I think they've had a couple of games here in the tournament that have been a little bit uh, like you know maybe unexpected. Your Providence was one of them. Uh, South Put- uh, Putnam was the other one. Uh, they only won those two games by a touchdown in the tournament. So, you know, that gives Sheridan I think some uh, you know some belief going into tonight. Obviously, Bud Wright's the all-time uh, coaching wins leader in the state of Indiana. So, Sheridan's done a lot of winning over the years. Um, you know, Lutheran definitely is the favorite though. I would say and. You know, Sheridan doesn't see a lot of teams, you know, similar in in speed and in athleticism and and all that. They do play a good schedule, though, and I would give Sheridan a fighting chance just based on what we've seen the last uh, few weeks with Lutheran and and you know that not like they've struggled. You know, it, it takes a lot to win a state championship, obviously, and beat some of these good teams along the way, but. You know, they haven't been as quite a dynamic on offense. Defense has still been very, very good. Uh, and the offense has really, too. They've just had to lean on the run game a little bit more. Teams are trying to to force them to run to a certain extent just because they are they have been such a great passing team uh, these last couple of years. But, yeah, I would say, you know, the Lutheran-Adams Central game is probably what we're going to end up seeing in the state championship again uh, for the third year in a row. And, you know, Adams Central, I've been impressed with them the last couple of years. They've played a – Lutheran really tough, and, and I think they they could again uh, if those teams meet again. Uh, I guess that would be uh, Friday, most likely, of next week. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. Uh, switching the, the gears to basketball, you mentioned scrimmages last night in your area. We had some with more on the agenda for this week. I know we talk a lot about the better players in the state and you do a good, great job of helping us keep up to date with some of the big recruits within the boundaries of Indiana, but teams this year, uh, we've touched on this, but maybe your, your thoughts on the best teams to, to watch who, regardless of class, maybe uh, a team that you think will just be dominant this season that will be a, is a front runner to win a state championship. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I would say in 4A, it's a little bit more, 
uh, you know, wide open or a little bit, you know, I, I don't think you have necessarily the team like Ben Davis that's going to go undefeated and win a 4A state championship this year. I mean, maybe, but uh, but I, I would think not. The best teams I saw during the summer were Lawrence North and uh, Fishers, but Fishers lost a big piece, obviously, with uh, Jalen Harrelson going to Lalamere and uh and Brownsburg was really good too. And they were, you know, they're playing in the hall of fame and, but they lost cannon catchings, obviously. So, you know, both those teams, when you lose players of that talent, the both teams are both, both those teams are still really good. I, you know, but you take a player like that off and obviously you're, you, you kind of fall back a little bit. So, you know, but I think both those teams will still be really good. I, I would say maybe the biggest favorite going in is uh, Brownstown central, uh, you know, in class two, a, you know they were a team last year with uh, with Jack Benner that you know they made it all the way to play uh, Linton Stockton in the, the semi state championship, which is you know the two game semi state now and got beat. Uh, but most all, all of those players are back uh, for Brownstown from a twenty four and five team. So uh, when you look at two A, I think you have to uh, probably start there. Yeah, I was just finishing up our three A preview uh, here a few minutes ago and. You know, three A is going to be Burbuff and Garen are both very, very good, and they play in the same sectional. And, and uh, Garen made it to the state championship last year and lost. Uh, but I think that you know the winner of that sectional, I think you automatically put in the three A running uh, for a championship. But you know, I you know that pro- you mentioned Providence and football. I really like their basketball team too, and I think you know them playing in the you know in the same sectional with uh, with Brownstown. You know that I mean, shoot, that's about a state championship in itself. You know, and I don't know what the rest of that sectional that necessarily will look like, but you I have to imagine those two teams will be two of the best in in two A. Um, you know, and as you look at you know elsewhere around the state, I think Richmond's going to be really good. You know, they've got most of their team returning, and you know, sort of a you know return to you know a program that it's fun when they're good. You know, kind of like Jeffersonville. You know, they're going to be really good, and you know, fun to see some of those traditional powers like Kokomo too, and you know, some of those teams that, uh, you know, have really strong fan bases in history, you know, start to be good again. I think those are, you know, and Kokomo goes without saying they're going to be, they've added a few pieces too, uh, alongside Flory. So that they're going to be a really good team as well. And they, I think they open up the next, next week against Western, uh, in their traditional, uh, traditional, uh, you know, neighborhood game, but, you know, they're going to be fun to watch, I think throughout the, uh, the season as well. But yeah, we've got, I mean, I have, we haven't put out our, our local rankings yet, but I, you know, you got to think Lawrence North is probably looks like to me, like uh, arguably the best team in our area and, and a lot of teams chasing them. Obviously there's a lot of talent around here. Once again, Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis star final thought Brownstown. And I mentioned this earlier in the week, but Brownstown games, basically sold out the school announced there will be a small number of tickets that go to the visiting team so their fans can get in or have a chance to get in but uh kind of neat it brings back romeo vibes kyle for you and i i know you were at so many of those new albany games during the romeo time and obviously my involvement but it was so great to see the gym full to know the gym was going to be full even if it wasn't one of the big games or a conference game or a rivalry game and Brownstown with Jack Benner and their success and just that community really as a whole with how they treat basketball and sports that's going to be a tough ticket to get and a fun place to be if you can get in Brownstown's gymnasium for some of the games this winter 
Well, and I plan to, but I better uh, I better get my name in because it looks like it's going to be tough. But uh, but yeah, I was down there last year for a Jennings County game. It's a Jennings County game, and, and Jennings County brought a ton of people too. But it was uh, you know, I I didn't know how people were going to get in there because it was just so packed. But uh, yeah, great atmosphere. Will be a great team again, and and you know looking forward to uh, seeing what they do this year. And and obviously, if you sold out your games before the season even starts, that's amazing. So good to see, you know, that that's always fun to see a community support like that. And, and uh, you know, going to some of those over the year, like you said, New Albany, I went to Orleans last year. They have obviously really good history and fan base. You know, some of those places that, you know, haven't been touched by time, it seems like, in a lot of ways, which is really cool. Absolutely. Kyle Medrip, Indianapolis Star, glad Hoops is here. Look forward to our conversations this winter, Kyle. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. All right, Kyle Nedriff with us here on this Friday show. And that's going to wrap things up for this show and for the week. Again, I was out a few days out of town, but glad to be back. And if you missed the show, the podcast, I'm told, should be better, the audio quality. We've been trying to figure everything out here with this recent studio move, and I think it's better. So check it out today. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. But thanks so much for being with us. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.